Let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Everybody knows the movie The Sound of Music. What if the sound of music was all you could watch every day? Me, a name, me, me. In Romania in the 1980s, communist dictator Nicolae Ceausescu enacted harsh censorship laws, which meant the sound of music was one of the only things you could watch on television. And even that was censored, because there were not supposed to be any references to religion. Of course, they cut out the fact that Julie Andrews was a nun, first of all, so was coming from a monastery. She just appeared in the street just like that. We don't know where from. That's Irina Nistor. Romania hadn't always been this way. When Irina was a little girl, the occasional English film would make it to the movie house. All the movies were subtitles, so I could hear English, I could hear French. I was learning English from the movies a lot. Lawrence of Arabia, the man torn between two civilizations. To learn English as a girl, she watched movies and got a private tutor. And when she got older, she landed a job as the official English translator for government-controlled television. But now, she was part of the censorship. Uh, There were many things you couldn't translate. So, for example, even the word lover was changed with friend. So, you can imagine. Irina thought she was going to lose it from boredom. Until one day, when she got word that a mysterious man wanted to pay her twice her regular salary for a private translation gig. So Irina showed up at this strange guy's house. He told her he'd heard her voice on TV, and he wanted her to dub a bunch of American VHS tapes that he'd smuggled in. So he handed her a mic and asked her to show him what she could do. You talking to me? You talking to me? You are supposed to to listen to the film and to translate directly without stopping. That's very important. You can't stop during the three hours. I was doing that just one take. You talking to me? Well, who the hell else are you talking to? Well, I'm the only one here. The man hired her on the spot. Compared to all other translators, she's special because of the power and charm of her dubbing. That's him, Irina's new boss. His name is Zamfir, and he was an ex-con. The communist regime had sentenced him to seven years of hard labor for stealing radios. And now that he was out, he held a serious grudge against the regime. I never thought like a communist all my life. I couldn't raise my head and say, am I your comrade too? If I broke one rule of the game, why not break them all? So the two teamed up. Zamfir was Irina's ticket to the movies. And in return, Zamfir now had the most productive translator anywhere. So how many were you doing in a row at this point? Seven to eight films a day. Did you ever get tired of movies after 12 hours? Never, never, ever, never. Didn't you need to go to the bathroom? (laughs) No, I didn't, yes. I had good uh, kidneys. Zamfir copied hundreds of tapes and sold each one for half a month's salary. And one VCR cost as much as a car. So people sold their cars. 
Sometimes a whole neighborhood would chip in to rent a VCR and several tapes overnight, and 20, 30 people would gather to watch. To find anyone who doesn't want to be found in Tokyo is no mean job. Here's Alinga Kalagoranu. She's Romanian, and she was a little girl when she went to her first movie nights featuring Zamfir's tapes. Most of the people were smoking, so you could really cut the smoke with a knife. Everybody was on the floor, on the counter, everybody was crowded. And you'd watch seven films in a row, because if you were lucky enough to get the chance to be close to a VCR, there was a chance it would never happen again. There were moving images, you could see freedom. It was there, food in the fridge, big swimming pools, Coca-Cola, I don't know, jeans and all of these things, which, which you know, people want. The most valuable tapes were controversial ones, like 1984 or Brazil. But the most popular tapes were Chuck Norris films. And here, these action movies were surprisingly political. Here's Irina. Chuck Norris uh, is uh, the idea of, of a hero that could uh, come one day and uh, kill all communists because he could kill so many people at the same time. People were thinking that they could come and save us. American, I want to negotiate. American, le vreau să negociem, Loud and clear. Ilinka, who grew up with the tapes, tells us about how important the tapes became. The tapes became as valuable as gold. You could bribe people with the tapes, you could get different services, you could get different connections. The butcher was becoming a very important person during those days because meat was a hard thing to get. If you had the right relationship with the butcher, he would keep a few cuts of meat for you. And to build that kind of special relationship with the butcher, you had to give him presents. And one of the best things to give was obviously a tape. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. The tapes became currency, and Zamfir was the bank. At a certain point, the money I was making was much more than I needed or could spend. More money than I could bear. Then, there was the pleasure of power. The power of, uh, I need a yacht at the seaside. I got it. Of course, what Irina and Zamfir were doing was illegal. And this was a time when everyone feared the secret police. My love for films was more important than my, than my fear. I wasn't fearing anything. I was just fearing that I couldn't see enough movies, that's all. And that's a gutsy thing to say, because Irina was super famous. It's kind of like if Danny DeVito decided to rob a bank. Everybody knew my voice. They knew I was working for the Romanian television, so I couldn't hide my voice. So if they wished to arrest me or something, they could do it in 10 minutes. But they didn't. They didn't. Because the regime proved to be some of her best customers. Who could stop me? Everybody was interested in the films. One of the people who kept trying to get tapes from me was Ceausescu's son. Zamfir became more and more powerful. And the people who he'd hated the same people who he had blamed for destroying his youth. He now had them over to his house for movie nights. 
I understood how a great leader feels, how Ceausescu became Ceausescu, because of how I became Samfir. And Samfir started acting like those people he despised, too. He was arrogant, suspicious of everyone, and greedy. Irina translated 5,000 films, but Samfir never raised her salary. He never even offered to give her one tape. Not that her family could watch it anyway. Uh, my family couldn't hear me because we weren't rich enough to have a VCR. That's... that's terrible. Yeah. All that time you could not own a VCR or hear your own tapes? No, no. Were you always curious? Yeah, I was very much curious to have a colored TV. That was my aim in life. Wow. Wow, yes. He was part communist strongman and part capitalist. I think he was an excellent uh, businessman. I think uh, you can't be a businessman without being quite cruel. Communism in Europe began to collapse in 1989. One by one, revolutions occurred in Poland, Hungary, Bulgaria. The Berlin Wall was breached in November. And in December, Romanian citizens rioted in the streets. Ceausescu was tried and executed on Christmas. The new government took over. And by New Year's Eve, the free Romanian TV, finally uncensored now, played Animal Farm. I remember that as a, as a very important moment because it was kind of expressing everything we've been through. And this film was dubbed by Irina. But this time uh, it was uh, the Romanian television, the free Romanian television, and uh, I was very happy to make people think that uh, we have to give up completely communism and not only Ceausescu. Irina's face came on to introduce the film, and she talked a little about the history of Orwell's novel. Romania was stunned. Here's Alinka. It was the first time that people saw her face, because until then she was a voice. I know for a lot of people, it was like a bit disconcerting and these voices that you hear on the radio, they really don't match with the face. But for me, it felt like everything was falling into place. With communism dead in Romania, Zamfir's tape business no longer had a purpose. People could buy subtitled tapes legally now. And after some time, Zamfir's power and influence faded away. He lives alone now. He wishes he hadn't gouged his fellow countrymen to watch his tapes. There was no reason. I didn't deserve all the respect and power. I am ashamed. I am ashamed. I came on this planet as an animal in human skin. All my life, I struggled to be a proper man. I would have been a wise man had I imparted the light of the VHS tape. Without arrogance, brutality, material gain. Has Zafir ever apologized to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we met recently, he said, I, I think I was uh, too severe or something like that. So I said, it's okay. But one thing does bring Zafir comfort and pride when he looks back on that time. He believes that the tapes brought down Ceausescu, that they played a critical part in inspiring the revolution. Because of the VHS tape, the whole communist system faltered. It's like plowing the land before sowing. Sowing ideas of revolt, revolution, 
So the VHS tape fertilized the human mind. During the revolution, everyone was in the streets because they all knew there was a better life out there. I think he is a character, like in the movie. Is he the villain? Are you? <laughs> who? Who is he in the movie? <laughs> no, I think he is the villain in the beginning, and in the end, you discovered that he is the good guy. And who are you? Oh goodness! I never thought who am I. I think I am just a voice. During that period, I was a narrator of the Western world. Now, Irina Nistor, she went on to become a film critic. Romanians now refer to her as the godmother of cinema. And Ilinka Kalgaranu, she grew up to have a deep love of film as well. She's currently working on a documentary about Irina and Zamfir called Chuck Norris versus Communism. Some of the tape from our story comes from that documentary, and they're trying to finish the film right now. To check it out, visit our website, snapjudgment.org. That story was produced by Stephanie Fuller.